Thank you for joining us today on dealing with sellers' issues created by a historic low inventory. I'm Laura Prouse from Crest Insurance Services. Today, we welcome attorney Catherine Holbert from Nevada Real Estate Law, LLC. Catherine has been defending real estate professionals throughout Nevada for more than 15 years and is a very active member of the Crest Legal Panel. Along with Catherine, we have Dave Miller, Regional Vice President with Fidelity National Home Warranty. Dave manages the Crest Advantage Home Warranty Plan, which ties in with Crest's E&O insurance. We have a lot to cover, so let's get started. Oh, Catherine, thanks for having us again. And, and Laura, thank you for having us. Uh, Catherine, you've, you've given us some great information over the first three webinars just about the crazy market in Nevada. And then we talked a little bit about uh, rejection of offers being that there's 10 or 15 on every property. And then the most recent one was, uh, was fantastic on pocket or whisper listings. But today we wanna focus on a little bit more of contingencies for buyers and sellers. And you wrote a, a very good risk management piece uh, that the Crest members have access to on the website. So I wanna talk a little bit today about that, uh, if I may, but first of all, welcome. Thank you. Great. Well, we're still seeing uh, low inventory levels and uh, it continues to be just an epic seller's market. But with that, obviously comes a lot of challenges for sellers. And historically, when we've had buyers on a transaction, we have seen contingencies where I will buy this property, but it's contingent on me you know, selling my house. But just to flip it onto the other side, you're now saying that there's issues with sellers uh, selling their house so quick that they don't have a place to go and now they're homeless or in a hotel. What's, what's going on here? Yeah, it is very interesting. Um, right now today in Las Vegas, there are more real estate agents than there are properties for sale. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is crazy low inventory and it just is presenting situations that people didn't really have to consider or think about before. Always before it was like, of course I can buy another house or rent another house if I sell mine. Um, and that is no longer, and of course it's no longer something you can assume. It is very difficult. Um, a lot of the rental properties have now been sold um, and are, you know, owner occupied now. And so the, the inventory of rentals has decreased, the, the number of properties for sale has decreased. And you cannot just, I mean, it doesn't matter if you have a suitcase full of cash, you can't just plan on, hey, I'm going to be able to go find something else to buy. Um, and it has created a unique situation that I am seeing um, starting to cause a lot of problems and brokers just not really knowing the best way to deal with that kind of situation. That's crazy. So on the on the other side of this, are the buyers contingencies pretty much dead at this point in this market? Not necessarily. I mean, you've okay. still got, you know, if you are buying, you know, if you are selling a house, you can make it contingent upon buying. And um, the seller's contingencies are kind of, you know, set in stone, you know, it, it just as the apply in this case or not, but what they are and how they work. Um, everybody is really very familiar with, um, you know, it's contingent upon financing. And there are still people that are financing their loans, even with FHA or VA loans. Um, and of course, it's contingent upon financing. Um, you know, the, the seller's contingencies, as we discussed in one of the webinars a little while ago, has has kind of gone away to a, um, to some extent. And, and people are modifying, you know, kind of the appraisal contingencies. Um, they are, um, you know, waiving sometimes like the home inspection or the repair contingencies kind of things. Um, you know, as we've stated before, you know, in, in my personal opinion, a lot of those items like home inspections, home warranties, um, you don't weigh them. It's simply that now the buyer is paying
paying for them versus the seller. Um, but don't just waive them. Um, but those those are all contingencies that that still exist and, and still have to be dealt with to some extent. Um, the problem is is when people are trying to create seller contingencies. Um, and you just, you just cannot do that <laughs> um, as a matter of law for a lot of real complex legal reasons. You, a seller, if the seller says, I'm gonna sell you my property, they have to sell you their property. Um, and if they choose not to just before close of escrow, it creates a lot of legal problems um, for them. And it, it's a situation that has to be resolved, but you can't uh, uh, resolve it or avoid it by trying to write in a contingency. Um, and frankly, what it does is, is it puts the broker at risk of creating avoidable, unenforceable legal contract, which of course the broker never wants to do. Right, so let's talk about the, the seller. And you mentioned it in your risk management piece that sellers are selling their house so quickly that when escrow comes to close, they are actually dragging their feet, trying to delay it a couple of days or even a week and that's causing headaches on both sides of the transaction. Where are the lawsuits coming in? Who's, who's responsible for all of this? You know what, it is, it is an, an interesting situation. And of course, the first thing you wanna do is, is try to do what you can to avoid it. Um, and so as you're representing um, a seller now, it's a conversation that the broker needs to have at the time the listing is taken. Um, and it's not something the conversation brokers are used to having, but they now need to have that conversation with the person selling their home. What are you going to do when this house sells? Have you got a place to go? Have you already made an offer on another property? Are you going to stay with a family member for a short time? Are you leaving the state? And if you are leaving the state, have you got something, you know, to go to there? Um, because I, you know, it is not a Nevada specific thing, the inventory thing. I've heard, you know, there's, there's, you know, low inventory in California, in Utah, in Arizona, in Washington, in Idaho. I mean, at least for the West, I don't really know about the East, um, but pretty much everywhere in the West, inventory is a problem. Um, so, so even if they say, hey, I'm planning on moving to Arizona or whatever, you still need to say, have you got a place to live? Um, because, you know, as we've said, if the seller just says, hey, I don't want to close, they're absolutely in breach of their contract. Right. Um, you know, does that mean that they shouldn't breach the contract if their alternative is to be homeless? Maybe not. Um, but that's that's a tough conversation that they need to have that that seller needs to have with their attorney and the broker just needs to be very careful how they guide that through. But the best thing they can do for their client is to avoid that situation arising. Perfect. And you mentioned that, um, you know, do sellers, you mentioned there's not a form for this. Do sellers disclose this in writing? Do they put it on the MLS? Do they do this verbally with a party that maybe they're accepting the offer? How do they navigate through this? Well, the calls that I've been getting, unfortunately, are, you know, I get a call Wednesday morning from a broker. Um, we're supposed to close on Friday. The seller just says they're not closing. Mm. And that's, that's what I'm seeing. And that's, that's then a situation you have to deal with. And if it, if it happens, if you can't prevent it, if, this, if the, whoever's representing the seller doesn't do a good job to prevent that situation happening and it arises, then it has to be dealt with. Um, and the other thing, unfortunately, that I'm hearing and seeing is, um, you know, everybody knows how to open escrow. And obviously, when a transaction completely closes and the escrow closes, they understand that. What they don't understand is if 
if the buyer and seller just don't close, that you've still got an open escrow. <laughs> You're still under contract. You can't just pretend that doesn't exist. You know, you really need to deal with it. Um, and the best case scenario is to negotiate, you know, agreed upon cancellation instructions. Um, frankly, I had one scenario where the seller um, basically ended up paying the buyer I think it was $5,000 or something, um, but basically said, I, I can't close. If I close, I'm going to be homeless. Um, I need to get out of this contract. Um, I know you've, you know, here's your earnest money back. And besides your earnest money, here's another 5,000. Sorry. Um, but they agreed to cancel the instructions. They prevented a lawsuit and they completely resolved it then. Um, but again, you know, that should have been handled better in the very beginning when the property was listed. And bottom line is, as a seller and a seller's broker, don't sell the property, don't list it for sale until they're completely ready to sell it and certain that they can sell it. <laughs> right, right. Well, great advice for the sellers. Let's go to the buyer's side. If I'm buying uh, a property and I know that there's issues with possibly the, the seller not finding a home, what, what should buyers be aware of? How should they navigate from their side? Um, well, the buyers, of course, um, are put in an unfortunate situation and there's different buyers, you know, um, I think the one I just talked to you about was an investor that was like, you know, fine, I'll let you buy me out. Basically, I'll take, you know, the money and move on. Um, if it's, if it's an individual that is, you know, <laughs> they're selling their own house, which was one of the situations I was involved in, you know, they're selling their house they need to buy yours or they're going to be homeless. And there's some sympathy there, but at the same time, they're like, I'm sorry, but why should I be homeless? You entered into this contract. You said you'd sell me the property. I need a place to live too, kind of thing. Um, and that becomes very difficult. Um, I think in that scenario, we basically just negotiated for a little bit more time um, and, and closed escrow with like a, a 30 day lease back or something like that. Um, frankly, lease backs can be difficult. Um, I'd almost rather the negotiation be to delay escrow um, and then still have a clean close of escrow than close escrow with a lease back that, that you can then kind of have a, a problem situation. Right. And I know you're only hearing about the things that escalate to potential lawsuits, but are you finding that both sides are, um, are, are able to be flexible a little bit with this because they know it's tough to find it or buyers saying, no, you will sell me this property for contract? Um, there is a little bit of that. And, and I will occasionally get those calls that just like, you have to sell me this house. Right. Um, and of course, I try to, to step back and explain to everybody the reality that, that yes, litigation is always an option. And yes, they're in breach of their contract. Um, litigation is never the best. And I'm a litigator. <laughs> you know, I do litigation. I go to court. I see these. I know. Um, and litigation is virtually never the best option for anybody. Um, and, and so I say, you know, you're right. But you know, fighting about this isn't going to help, um, you know, and again, representing the seller, you know, the, the, if, if they can't reach a negotiate, you know, if the seller's like, I'm not going to let you out of this contract, because of course the seller can't do anything to make the buyer sell the property. Right. All they can do is file the lawsuit um, and try to enforce that. Um, and I have seen that happen. And then, of course, the seller says, well, I'm not in contract with you anymore. I'm going to sell it to somebody else. 
Um, the problem is if that escrow is still open and has not been canceled, they're technically under two contracts. Now there's issues with the first contract and there may be breaches with that first contract, but it's still an open contract and you're gonna have a lot of issues if you then enter into a contract to sell it to somebody else. Boy, so just I, you, you know, yeah. that's the main situation that a broker needs to avoid. Well, it just makes you miss the traditional sale of a property. There's just so many uh, of these issues going on in, in most of the states in the country just because of this housing market. Right. Your, uh, your risk management piece is great. Uh, it's, it's called dealing with sellers issues created by historic low inventory. And in that risk management piece that you, you put out, and of course, I mentioned it's available to all the Crest members on the website. Um, you have five really good kind of best practices um, that, uh, that readers should be aware of. What, uh, what are some of those? Can you go through those for us? Yeah, I kind of mentioned a little bit. First of all, you know, like I said, try to prevent the problem by addressing it at the very beginning when the listing is taken. Um, and, and don't list the property for sale until the, the seller is 100% sure that they can go through with it uh, and they're ready to sell and they can be out. I mean, a 10-day cash close is not at all uncommon right now. So if they're like, hey, I can't be out for 30 days, then, you know, don't list it yet. <laughs> you know, don't don't list it until they're ready to sell. Um, and then, um, you know, as of, you know, buyers, of course, write the offers. So they're never going to write an offer that's got any kind of seller's contingency in it. Um, but I've seen the sellers try to counter with some kind of contingency on it. Do not do that. If you're representing the seller, do not, they're, they're just, you, you can't have seller's contingencies, um, you know, from either side. Don't accept them, don't write them, don't do it. Um, just avoid that altogether. It just um, is just going to cause a lot of problems for everybody if you try to make any kind of contingency on the seller's part. Um, you know, if it does, if the circumstances change and you tried your best to avoid the problem, but something happened and the problem arises, notify everybody as soon as possible that, hey, you might have a problem here um, and talk to everybody and see what can be worked out. You know, can we delay the escrow for, uh, you know, a week or so, a few days? Um, can we do a rent back? Um, can we just cancel it and give you your earnest money back and maybe pay for, you know, your, um, your inspections or whatever other, you know, costs and fees that the buyer has already incurred. Um, there's a lot of things that can be done, um, but the sooner you address it and the, and the more, you know, frankly, apologetic. I mean, if this situation arises, the seller should be coming to the buyer. I am so sorry, but this is my current situation. Um, and, and that, you know, is more likely to generate, um, you know, um, a better attitude of cooperation from the buyer of trying to resolve the problem. Um, if both sides just start saying, you know, I'm gonna sue you over this, I'm gonna sue you over this, it just escalates the situation and, and makes it worse for everybody. Um, so try to try to resolve it. Um, and then, you know, like I said, agree on agreed upon cancellation instructions and make sure that whatever that transaction is, is completely resolved. Um, before the seller tries to enter into a new listing agreement with anybody. Um, right, and it sounds like with most of your risk management issues that you're seeing in the industry, and this one too, it sounds like uh, proceed with caution, but absolutely disclose everything about the, the situation, whether it being I can't find a house or 
uh, or anything related to the transaction. Disclose, 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 and be honest. Um, that sounds like what you're telling us. Absolutely, absolutely. And there are, you know, a lot of things that can be done to resolve the issues before escrow closes. Um, and so, you know, try to explore the options and always, you know, reach out to your risk management um, attorney, get them involved sooner rather than later, let them know what's going on, um, you know, and of course, encourage your, your clients to seek their own legal advice as well, um, because it is, it is legal contractual issues. Right. Uh, just always great information from you. So uh, I appreciate all the information on this. Um, so you always have uh, the hottest and latest topics. So what's down the What's down the pipe? What's coming across your desk that makes you kind of go, wow, we have another issue here. You know what? I can honestly say I don't really have one right now. Oh, are we coming to an end of the madness? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if the market is, is stabilizing and it's craziness or <laughs> are people adapting maybe to the market now and 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 so maybe that's it. Right. I mean, there's there's always, you know, the standbys to, to talk about with them, you know, the disclosures on the forms and and things like that that are that are always seem to be an issue. But the the particular crazy ones with the current market, um, you know, I don't have any, you know, just strange new ones that I'm like going, oh, my gosh, I haven't seen this one before. <laughs> right. Well, that's good news. I know I saw the other day that uh, listings across the country were up about three to four percent. So that's helping interest rates have kind of dropped again, which is good for the first time. And I think since the beginning of the year, so things could be evening out just a little bit and maybe the madness will, uh, will go away a, a little right. bit. Right, and the builders are building again. Um, so I hope that helps, but um, I think, I think Vegas has got a long ways and it's bad up north too. I mean, a lot of what I talk about, um, you know, I specifically mentioned Vegas, um, but the, the Reno Sparks area in Northern Nevada um, is just as bad or, or in some instances worse in some areas. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it just, uh, you know, it's gonna be with us for a while this market. So we got to learn how to deal with it. <laughs> well, just, just great. I always appreciate your insight. The Crest members always appreciate your insight and uh, you're always a wealth of knowledge and, uh, and really uh, you're on the front line every day. So the information is just fantastic. Catherine, so much, uh, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, really always a pleasure to be here and, and happy to help the insurance however I can. All right, well, great. Laura, back to you, thanks so much. Catherine, Dave, thank you. Always a wealth of information, great questions, and great content as always. And thank you all for watching. A copy of this webinar is available on the Crest Insurance homepage if you look under the Claim Prevent blog. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.